0: Trying to be somebody else or like some other models and never going to work. So you have to connect with that first. So it's really about helping people get associated with what it is that motivates them and what their core energy is.
1: Welcome to Satori Prime's Have It All podcast, where you get your fix of personal development without any of that fluff. A podcast dedicated to the unending quest of self-discovery and remembrance. You'll discover new breakthrough thinking and feeling technology that will cause shifts in all areas of your life, your finances, your body, relationships, and most importantly, your mind. You'll uncover your truest self and for probably the first time in your life, feel 100% worthy of having it all. It's time to stop talking and fantasizing about your dream life and start living it. So get ready to have your mind expanded in the best way possible. Now, fair warning, if you implement what you learn here, your life will never, ever be the same. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right. So today's review comes to us from the official Sav headlined, encouraging and honest. So the official Sav, if you're listening, please email me at Elon at satoriprime.com and I will send you your personalized gift. So the official Sav writes, love to listen, entertaining and informative. They don't fluff around, by the way, I love that. They tell you what's helpful if you're making your way down the new path, good tools and exercises to use at home and for practice. Each life changed changes the world. Amen to that. The official sav. email me, elon at satoriprime.com, and I will send you your personalized gift. And if you are wanting your own personalized gift, again, just head to iTunes, leave us an honest review. And when I read it, you will get yours. All right, let's dive right in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our personal development without the fluff podcast. I have not one, but two guests today. Guy was supposed to be here. Guy's unfortunately not feeling well today. So it was going to be a foursome, but now it's a threesome, which I think is more fun anyway, right? So first of all, Stacey and Paul Martino, welcome to our show. Uh, Hey, thanks for having us.
2: It's
1: a pleasure. Awesome. And um, the reason I'm excited for today's show is it is on a topic that we like to talk a lot about, um, these two are husband and wife couple. They'll tell you more about themselves in a second here. And we're really going to talk about relationships today. Um, and what I love that you guys do is yes, you talk about the intimate relationship. Cause I think when people hear relationships, it's, you know, like my wife, my husband, my girlfriend, whatever partner, you do also take it holistic and, and make it more about just the relationship as a whole. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun, but before you dive into all that, I'd love for you guys to take a couple and uh, just introduce yourselves, what you're passionate about, what you're up to in life, and we'll dive in. So, awesome. Why don't you start, speaking? Awesome.
2: So we are Paul and Stacy. Lesson Marshall.
1: number one: always let the woman speak first. You see, Absolutely. we're already we're already rolling. <laughs> right
2: now, we're already <laughs> living it. Um, We're from relationshipdevelopment.org. We empower people to create their unshakable love and unleashed passion all in a way that you do not need your partner to participate in the process for you to get the results you want in your relationship. That's what we do. What would you say, Amy?
0: I say, you know, one other aspect of what we do and what we're passionate about doing is, you know, peeling back the layers of relationship dynamics so that you can see them. Because part of the problem with, you know, what's affecting everyone negatively in relationship today is, most of what's affecting you are things that are off of your radar. You can't see them. So because you can't see them, you can't do anything about it, right? So our goal is part of our mission is to peel back those layers because once you see something, you can now do something about it. And once you see it, you can't not know it anymore. Yeah. So automatically, you're going to force a different direction, a different trajectory, and trajectory in life, a different destiny because you're already taking different steps than you were before. And that's the essence of creating any kind of a change that you want is you got to start showing up differently. So that's one of the things that we're passionate about doing is just, peeling back those layers uh, so that we can make that transformation um, happen in real people's lives. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. There's a a sentence in there that I love that you add. And I've heard it when we spoke on the pre-interview. I've heard it in your videos. And that is that it doesn't require your partner involvement. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd love for you just to talk a little bit more about that. Because even when we're coaching people, and I'm sure you guys, as you guys do it too, it's well, I've done all this work and, you know, the person's not changing and da, 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 like that same litany of conversation that everyone has. So when people hear that line, like, "Ooh, it doesn't need the other person involved, well, they're going like, hmm, what does that mean? So I'd love for you to just start with that.
2: Yeah, actually, we stumbled upon that accidentally. That was a accidental discovery that it doesn't take two, as it turns out, to transform or save any relationship, Um, basically. And that's why we're relationship development. It's personal development for your relationship. And our process is about, like Paul said, one person showing up differently. And actually, we all have experience of this. We've just had so much brainwashing that we need the other person to get on board or change in order for us to get to happy that we don't even realize. Um, And everybody's had this experience. So, Elon, I'm sure you've had this experience where um, you're in the zone, you're rocking it, you're crushing it, you're having an amazing day, and either your partner or someone else comes home or you encounter them and they're in the toilet, right? Have you had this experience Yep. Yep. What happens to your peak state when you encounter that person in the toilet? (laughs) Yep you tank, right? With them. All of a sudden you're saying to them, hey, it's not so bad. I'm sure that we're meant to learn something from this, right? And they're back to you, like you and your rose colored glasses. Every problem is an opportunity, right? (laughs) And you're back to them. Why do you always have to be like that? And they're back to you. Why do you always have to be like that, right? It's that experience of nothing changed in your world, but you encounter them And boom, everything changed for you. That's the power of triggers. One person is always triggering another in relationship. Triggers are the most powerful force in human relationship today. And all we're doing is we're leveraging the power of triggers. And we're teaching you how to stop unknowingly triggering the crap you don't like with things that you don't even realize are triggering other people, and learn the tools of how to trigger the response you really do want from the other person instead of the reaction you hate. That's really all we're doing. It's very simplistic, but it's just the relationship education that no one ever had before. And when one person shows up differently in that moment, everything can change for that relationship. You know, and, and to help
0: take away one other side of this too for people who think that, oh, you know, it's it's got to be my partner. They, they have to meet me halfway. Think about it this way. If you're in a tug of war with someone, both people have to be pulling on that rope, right? Either one could have dropped that rope and there would be no tug of war. It's never been two people. It doesn't require two people. It takes one person to make a change and that will change the dynamic going forward. So just wanted to help remove some of that barrier for anybody who might yeah, be thinking, oh, there's no way we can make a change without both people. No, actually, it's always one person. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I instead of the tug of war, I always tell people, you know, put your hands like this together and, and push. And it doesn't matter how hard you push with one, the other one will equally always exert the same amount of force. You release one, the other hand almost doesn't know what to do, which is, is very strange for people. One of the, my favorite things, I'm like, you don't believe me? go next time to any one of your friends who's super argumentative, and then as soon as they say whatever they say and they're waiting for you to, like, come at them, you you just stop and you go, you're right, you're 100% right. That's what happens in that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) That person's going to be like, what the, what, what, what? Who's watching? What's going on? You know, there's something that you said about triggers, and I'm I'm curious, um, because we obviously speak about similar things. So you said, and I just want to know if I heard this correctly, that someone triggers something in. So like, say my wife comes home, she'll trigger something inside of me. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So something that I, and I'm curious what your take on it is. Like one of the things that through my education, what I've started to realize is that no one can actually trigger anything inside of you. It's that you're actually triggering it in yourself. So um, a phrase that I started to say, this is really over on, only in the last, maybe like six to nine months or something like that. You know, we all go out and we'll say, you make me really mad or I'm really, fr- I'm really frustrated or I'm angry or I'm upset or whatever. Um, and I started to switch it to, I am making myself or Amen. I am, you know, I am making myself upset. I am making myself and we can do it on the positive, too. I'm making myself excited. I'm making myself
2: excited. Exactly right. Excited.
1: Yeah, what, what I found to be interesting is it gives you, it, it takes the responsibility. That's right. Off the other person. So I'm just curious what, what your spin on this is.
2: So here's the beauty in that, is that it not only takes the responsibility off the other person, but it gives you all your power back. hmm because the minute you say, yeah, you want to yeah. say
0: this one? So this is what, basically, you're, you're hitting something that is a core principle for us across the board is personal responsibility. And one of the things that we like to say about blame is that when you blame someone, basically, this is what happens. Um, you know, you feel that energy coming up, and you want to throw that finger out and blame somebody. So next time you feel that feeling coming up, I want you to imagine that um, you start to throw that finger. But as you do, you reach down deep inside, you go like this. And you hand over all of your power to change the situation to the person on the other side who you're angry with, who you're upset with. You cross your hands. Mm-hmm. You say, I'm going to sit right here until you fix this for me. Mm-hmm. And then you wait. Watch the seasons change. <laughs> decade <the> <laughs> decade goes by. And guess what? Nothing happened. Because when you blame someone, you have told your nervous system at that point that, Hey, there's nothing for me to do here. It's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. So I'm going to wait for that person to correct this for me. There's absolutely nothing for me to do. I'm right. And I'm going to stand right here and be right for the next 10, 20, 30 years, maybe till the day I die, waiting for that person to change it. So you effectively handed over all of your power to change the situation into their hands and, and rendered yourself useless and powerless. And what's worse about that is in that moment, you also miss the gift that you were supposed to get from it, which is the growth of knowing how to navigate that situation so that everyone benefits and you don't have to repeat it because the insidious part of the blame side is if you don't get the lesson the first time, it'll come back to you Life has a way of keep returning it to your bigger, stronger, uglier, hairier uh, until you're willing to get the lesson. So it's smarter to get it the first time and get the gift that was in that moment for you uh, and see it as the opportunity that it was. And like you're saying, that personal... Uh, responsibility aspect is the part that shifts it because when you take your power back and say, what could I have done differently here? What is the lesson I could have gotten here? You're going to get the benefit. Even if they didn't get any benefit from that situation, you've chosen to get the gift. You get the growth that you take with you into all of your relationships and all of your next situations. So it, it was a choice of a gift or be powerless. Uh, and that's in effect what happens the moment you want to throw that finger out and blame somebody. Is a choice. You can do it. I don't think anybody would recommend it as a a good strategy to follow though, you know, in hindsight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you just, it's it's exactly like you said, you just release every ounce of power, whether it's, you know, a lot of relationships people think are 50-50. Even if someone was to grasp this concept of responsibility at a high level, they're like, you know what, I'm going to go 99% of the way. (laughs) <laughs> I just need them to do that 1%. You'll still be sitting on your ass there for a decade. So yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not like it's either zero. It's either a hundred zero or it's, it doesn't matter what the other percentages are. Yep. Yep. Um, well
2: said.
1: Now You were talking, so that you said is one of your core principles responsibility. Um, I'd love for you to share, you know, what other core principles you guys have and, and what you guys train on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it is foundational in, getting a relationship education because we're literally never taught, which is mind boggling, right? Your love relationship and relationships with humans is quite arguably like the most important thing in life that you have. And nobody ever teaches us, um, especially the key differences between the masculine and the feminine. Um, We're so different. We're barely the same species. And what happens, unfortunately is people get into relationship and in the beginning, all the differences are so exciting until you try to have a life with that person and you go into this unconscious mode of, you're so frustrating me that you're not thinking about it, doing it and being the way I would have thought about that, done that and beat that. And it creates so much conflict because no one really ever teaches us The gifts that the masculine brings are phenomenal for the feminine. The gifts that the feminine bring are phenomenal for the masculine as we learn how to appreciate the value that we each bring instead of trying to either be the same, which we're not. We're equal, yes, but we're not the same and um, really bring out the best in each other. And so foundationally some of the core principles that we teach are understanding and appreciating and learning the real life skills tools and strategies to work with the differences um, between the masculine and the feminine because there's real tools that regular families today really need that nobody's really ever taught us yeah. um, and the other one is really um, another one that we teach us about creating alignment because a lot of times people get into what we call the accidental alignment predicament where you kind of get into relationship and think well, Because I fell in love with you, we're going to see this parenting thing the same way, right? Like, or well, we fell in love, so I'm sure we're going to see money the same way. We don't need to work this out ahead of time. And you end up like in the moment having kerfuffle because you don't see it the same way. You're both independent. You have your own mindsets. And there's kerfuffle where what we teach is actually to strategically design that alignment um, with each other. Instead of trying to get the other person, so many people are like, I just need to get my partner to see it this this way. I just need to convince them. I need them to get, like there's actually a, a phenomenal opportunity for you when two really great people come together there's more value there than one person's way of thinking, being, or doing. That person has gifts when you work with someone and really learn how to collaborate and create alignment. So much more comes from that for you. And we teach how, the real life tools and strategies on how to do that without fighting, without compromising, um, without one person trying to be a pleaser, like in a real way that's empowering for both.
0: The other thing I say about that too is, you know in, in the very essence of that, is the assumption and recognition that everybody's different because we can come into any situation and be so clear you know we, we think we know exactly what this is all about we can see it with such clarity why don't the other, why doesn't the other person just see it that way and if only they would they would certainly come around and, and they're thinking it and fix that flaw that they have and, and how they're thinking about the situation rather than recognizing that every one of us sees life through a certain filter and that filter is no less wrong or no less right mm-hmm. for any one person And getting on board with embracing the fact that everyone really is different and we don't own what's right or wrong will also help you get out of your own way to start embracing the differences that are just there instead of trying to fight against something that you're never going to win against. Because the truth is we really do see the same circumstances, the same vocabulary, the same circumstance in different ways than the other person. So understanding that that's really what's going on. You can learn to meet the person where they are and actually have a productive outcome instead of trying to fight against something that won't change because they literally do not see it the same way as you.
1: Yeah, brilliant. There's, uh, you know, you're saying that there's no education for this and, and we don't learn this anywhere. The funny part is we unconsciously learn it. And I, I heard you guys say this as well, you know, growing up, the way our parents are to each other, the way we view other parents or et cetera, it all creates our ideas and patterns and beliefs about relationships. So a lot of this education is really unlearning first so that we can kind of start to look at what's working. Um, the The funniest thing about human beings is that we will somehow continue to do with more vigor and more force that which has historically Time mm-hmm. and time and time and time and time again created okay. shitty results. It's just, that's right. It's fascinating. To me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so well said. That's it's so, so true. true. And we all do it. You know, we've all been victims and, and guilty yeah. of them at the same time. So
2: I think that's one yeah. of the reasons why people really gravitate and grab on to the kind of stuff that we're teaching, the kind of stuff that you're teaching, because finally it's like, Oh my gosh. There's a solution for that. Well, freaking yeah. give it to me. I'm sick of suffering unnecessarily. Let's just fix this. Yeah. And that's why I love I always say I feel like we're all so blessed to be alive at the same time right now. There's so much good stuff mm-hmm. that people yeah. are solving and then just like put it out there like just do this. Like yeah. everybody deserves to stop unnecessarily suffering. And yeah, you're right. The role modeling that we had was crap tactics and yep. we kind of all have to break the chain of what's been handed to us, or we're all gonna end up saying part of this disposable relationship society that we've created mm-hmm. where people are like, hey, if you're not gonna get on board and and do things that make me happy, I'm just gonna swap you out for the next one. And then you have that whole same shit new face experience. Yeah. <laughs>
1: then then f- four marriages and four divorces later, we're still at the same exact starting point.
2: <laughs> Except you've lost a lot of cash, a lot of the
1: especially if you live in New York, (laughs) (laughs) you started bringing up this, this masculine and feminine. And it's something that I shared with you guys on the pre-interview, one of the, over the last two, three years as a man, and I'm just going to speak to men right now. And I'm sure Stacey, you'll agree. We have certain programs uh, pushed upon us historically. uh, And in most, most relationships, you know, Be a man, boys don't cry, toughen up, like all that kind of stuff. And it, what I've started to see internally is it squashes the beautiful energy internally for men of the feminine. And so, and then, you know, people just perceive feminine as weak, like the men will perceive feminine as weak, which has nothing to do with that. And so I'm curious when you guys speak of the masculine and feminine, are you speaking of the masculine and feminine in each individual or are you speaking more from a masculine as the man is the masculine energy and the female is the female, the feminine energy?
2: Well, as you say, like everyone has both energies within them, but regardless of your body, everyone has, most people, 90 something percent of the population have a dominant core authentic
1: Absolutely. Energy
2: whatever that is for you. I happen to be a feminine dominant core and Paul is a masculine. Um, And so what we teach is how to be authentically aligned with your core energy because actually both masculine and feminine have been conditioned uh, by society to uh, not play that authentic role, right? Men have had that immature masculine that you described um, that's been handed down and the mature masculine, which is the man who steps up to protect serve and provide uh for his woman's best interest his family's best interest first not from a selfish best interest um that mature masculine was kind of nowhere to be found for for a really long time um and at the same time women uh, like myself were taught that the feminine was weakness and not only was it weakness but we should shun it because if we embrace that we're going to end up poor and alone having to try to fend for ourselves right homeless with somebody beating us or whatever, like that was such a, we got the, that crap handed down to us. And mm-hmm. so what we're helping people do today is from an empowered place where we're all individuals, we're, we're smart, we respect each other. Uh, we're able to embrace that feminine energy, this open and vulnerable energy that we bring has a real benefit in this relationship and for ourselves. Whereas the masculine, the mature masculine also has a tremendous benefit for the man's personal passion and also for the family and the marriage. We need it. We crave it. We want it at the same time. What would you say? I'd also
0: say too is, you know, whether it's feminine or it's masculine, we teach this, which is there's flavors to each. So meaning there's every masculine energy shows up in different ways. It's no less masculine, but it has different elements to it. So you might have like a, on one end of the spectrum, like a Batman, like a dark intense, you know, masculine energy. And on the other end, you might have someone who's totally zen, right? No less masculine, no less present, no less powerful in his own way, but exhibiting that energy in a very different way. So when we say masculine energy or feminine energy, we're speaking more to the core uh, essence of what motivates them, what their motivations are from, how they see the world, uh, the wiring that's going on inside. And that determines the energy. Again, not the body necessarily that you're in uh, or how it's presenting. And I, it rubs me the wrong way when I see uh, some people out there like, this is the only way to be a man. You know, like it's yeah. feel hardcore and edgy. Hey, I actually really know hard.
1: exactly who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And it's very hardcore and edgy. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. My masculine energy, its natural essence, has a bit of an edge to it. I'm farther towards the Batman side of it than not but you know what? I also don't associate that with masculinity only. I associate that as one manifestation of masculine uh, energy. And it's perfectly right for that person. If that's authentic for them, yeah. that's totally cool. When, that's yeah, When we talk about the energy, we're really describing what resonates with you to help you identify what your core energy is Amen. so that you can be authentic. Because no matter what we teach you, if you're pleasing or trying to compromise or be something that you're not, it's never going to land. Um, it's never going to be what you need it to be. By connecting with your core authentic motivations, your core authentic needs and, and desires, you're going to be able to deliver uh, the transformations that you're, we're trying to make in our relationships, uh, rightly so, and you'll be happier at the same time. Amen. Trying to be somebody else or like some other models is never going to work. So you have to connect with that first. So when we say that energy, it's really about, Helping people get associated with what it is that motivates them and what their core
1: energy is. It's really interesting because I think a lot of people don't understand that they have both Mm -hmm. of them inside of them. You know, I know plenty of women, like some of the highest executive coaches that we like, executives that we coach have just delved so hard into the masculine because they live in a world where they feel like that's what they need to do and then they wonder why they're not in relationships because most masculine men don't want to be with masculine women so it's just it's like this conundrum that they end up finding themselves in and then to find that femininity and and softness and to allow someone to support and all that stuff so it's uh, it's really unique This message goes out to anyone struggling with creating massive financial abundance in your life right now. So if that's you, listen very closely. You see, abundance is an energy, a frequency, if you will. And for most, it's pretty elusive. Well, not anymore, my friend. See, Guy and I have just released our latest, most advanced training yet on how to align to the frequency of abundance. That means more money. Better health, amazing relationships are all available when you tap into this frequency. See, life no longer needs to be a struggle. What if you received abundance with effortless ease? So, if you want to find out more about this amazing new training and how it can completely revolutionize your life, we've actually just released a free three part mini training filled with amazing exercise that you can start implementing today. In it, you'll explore how to break your self sabotage patterns how to shift from sacrifice to gratitude, and how to even reprogram your financial thermostat that's deep in your subconscious, and much more, obviously. So if you're ready, all you have to do is head over to primeyourabundance.com and you can get started today. We are so excited to share this breakthrough training with you. Again, to grab it right now, just head to primeyourabundance.com. See you on there. Uh, Switching gears a little bit, the people that you work with, are these people generally in relationships or are they looking and or wanting to be in relationships?
2: It is both, but I would say that the majority of people who come to us are in a relationship and in one of two, uh, what we refer to as the five phases of relationship. We primarily see people in one of two phases either they're hanging by a thread right? They've tried a whole lot of stuff and they don't want to necessarily leave, but they can't see themselves staying either with the way things are. Or they're in a good relationship, but it's passion less, right? The excitement and sex has fizzled or it's gone and they don't want to settle for that. They want more. Um, majority of people who come to us are in one of those two phases because those are the phases where you hit leverage first yep. and seek out a solution. Um, but we do have about 20 or so percent of our Uh, The students that we help are either in between relationship and while they're healing from their last one, before they start a new one, they really want to learn what they needed to learn so they can pick their forever love that's aligned for them. Um, But we're also helping families who um, the marriage was actually not aligned for them and they're transitioning out of that marriage, but they need to create a harmonious co-parenting family Mm. uh, so that they can redesign the shape of family because you actually can create a family by design, even if your marriage is not meant to last. A divorce doesn't have to look like what was handed to us. We can change the face of divorce. Our families and our kids deserve that. But we can actually create harmonious co-parenting relationships, and we're always thrilled to be able to participate in, in being part of that healing.
0: I love your phrase, too. Stacy always says the only thing better than two loving parents is four. So if that's the situation, you know that's what it could end up being instead of what it looks like typically today uh, without that elevation.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was in a course one time and I saw a couple who were divorced each with their partner, each with their set of kids all sitting together. And I remember walking over to them just saying like, I I have to tell you that seeing this and I know both of them individually and they were just so great with each other. And it was truly inspirational to to see that. I see more of it today and I think it really stems because of this type of education where people are taking personal responsibility and they're not leaving, you know, like you did this today. You did this. And it's just like angry and bitter the entire time. I absolutely love that as far as why people come to you. So I get that they're in one of those two phases. What would you say are like one or two of the biggest complaints or, or, things that people say when they start working with you.
2: I'll do one. And then if you want to do another one, I will say that people come to us because they're really looking for a third option where there traditionally hasn't been one. Um, In the past, we've had this real dilemma where if you're unhappy or you want more in your relationship, you kind of have this crappy choice. You can either um, stay and settle and kind of, you know, find fulfillment in your work or dive into the kids or put your focus elsewhere so that you keep your family together, but you're not happy. It's not what you yeah. dreamt for your marriage. Or the other side of that dilemma is, okay, no, I'm going to take our entire family through the pain of separation and divorce so I can try to find happiness. And both of those options seem to suck for people. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what we're offering is a third option, which is Stay and transform it. Don't stay and settle. Stay and transform it. Use our regular people, tools, and strategies, the step-by-step system to actually start making the shift. Transform what you have. And from there, um, once you get to at least step five of our eight-step system, People find that there are one of two outcomes, either, oh my gosh, I didn't know what I didn't know. We just didn't have the tools and strategies to navigate the crap that came at us. But now I, I feel hopeful that we can. I want to rebuild the marriage or from that place of peace and compassion, healing. They're like, hey, we were actually not aligned to be long-term in love, but I'm absolutely ready to co-parent harmoniously with you and design this. I want us to build the family that we want as we both create our forever love relationships and then they can move on. And so people come to us a lot of times because they didn't even know there was a third option until they discovered that we're here.
0: Yeah. And I also say that too, like uh, the along the same lines is a lot of the people who come to us have gone through couples therapy, for example, and they're no further ahead. They're they're wildly frustrated. And it's it's worse where they're like, we go and we come back angrier after the session than when we went there, like we're going backwards. um, and then they hear our message and like, that makes a lot of sense. And it, it really is because what we're doing is nothing like that, of course, by design, because that couples work doesn't work in our opinion. And um, what you'll find is they come to us because it, it resonates. And then when they get in, they start to realize why you know treating or addressing all the symptoms was not fixing anything and getting to the root causes, which which is what we speak to, hit them and made sense. And then they started to get the difference because that's, at the fundamentals of what we do is, you know, again, killing back those layers. So I think they, they come to us because of the pain of trying something in the past, repeatedly, hitting the breaking point, thinking I don't see a way up. And then they kind of trip across what we're saying. And they're like, that makes sense. You so know? I think that's the reason why they come to us, honestly.
1: So you, you, you mentioned you have an eight step formula or process that you take people through. Can you just walk us through that? And maybe we'll, we'll delve into like one or two of them. Yeah, depth.
2: absolutely. So step one of our relationship transformation system is all about seeing. It's about seeing the relationship, you, your partner, men, women differently than you ever have before. The ability to have that perspective shift. Um, because what happens is we have hundreds and hundreds of tools in our toolbox. But if I hand you a tool, but you're still stuck there and blame, like, no, I'm telling you they're unreasonable. You're not going to reach for that tool and you're certainly not going to implement it from an energy of curiosity, wonder, and transformation (laughs) um, when you're like, no, they're just a jerk and I do everything. Um, So it's really about having that perspective shift first. That is the opening for, oh my gosh, I didn't know that's what was going on for them. All right, give me a tool. Now you're ready for tools. So it's about seeing it differently, having that perspective shift. And then step three, uh, that's step one and step two. Step three is the strategies. It's a deep dive on the strategies for um, masculine versus feminine, for relationship, for how to have those alignment conversations, for all the different things of how humans interact for triggers and all of those other things. Step four is about synergy. That's where we teach you how to create a rock solid relationship where nothing And no one can ever come between you. That doesn't just happen and your partner doesn't actually just hand that to you. It's actually created through a step-by-step process that we teach you in that step four. And then step five is about starting anew. That's about forgiveness. It's about being able to forgive anything and everything, no matter how long, no matter how heinous, whether you have to forgive yourself or someone else. As long as unforgiveness remains, there's always going to be distance in a relationship. And we have a process that we take people through our proven unique process for how to forgive anything, regardless of what's gone on. And then in step six, you start moving into the passion steps, which step six is about sparks. It's about the masculine, feminine energy um, and bringing that spark back to the relationship. Because when it's masculine, masculine or feminine, feminine, there's nothing Uh, But when there's masculine and feminine, then there's something. (laughs) And we teach you actually, um, I think what frustrates so many people, you know, you say, why do people come to us? One of the other biggest reasons why people come to us is because when they start to hear what we're teaching, they recognize themselves and they're like, oh my God. I am stuck in my masculine or, Oh my God, I was being in my feminine to try to please people. Like, how do I get back? Which is one of the most painful struggles people go through. Mm -hmm. And that's why we created a step-by-step system for how to get back to your authentic core energy, because people need to actually learn how to do it. You can't just decide, Oh, that means there's something wrong with me, or I should just be that. No, there's actually a process. It's cool. You can take yourself through it. We can help. And then step seven, it's all about flirting, fun, and romance, um, how to actually be playful, even with kids and your businesses and all the over-responsibility we put ourselves into. It's about bringing that playfulness back, which is one of the first things to fly out the window when we start getting really busy. Especially
0: when we have kids. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And then step eight is all about um, unleashed passion, like crazy amounts of insane sex that you didn't think was humanly possible and that most people who've been together two decades, three decades or more are not having. Um, But there are actually tools and strategies for how you can have that. And
0: if you think about it, we had all those things prior to getting into a relationship, right? We used to know how to have fun. We used to know how to have have sex and (laughs) how to flirt and all kinds of other things. We conditioned ourselves out of it but we can also condition ourselves back into it. it didn't vanish into thin air or ground the space. Like it's still within us, but people go so long, even with the masculine and feminine topics, people have been so conditioned over time by themselves to make one side of them wrong or part of them wrong, to de-emphasize part of them, whatever the case may be for so long, they feel like it's just gone. It's just that they lost touch with it. It's not gone. Yeah. Um, and what we do is bring them back into touch with what it was that's authentic for them. So...
1: What do you think is the biggest reason that people start drifting away and losing passion and kind of, you know, that, that slow drifting across till they wake up one day and go, wait, you're on a different Island.
2: It's really the stacking of the pain. It's because we've never been given the tools to navigate kerfuffle when it happens and so we start stacking it where we feel misunderstood. Now we feel like they're not supporting us. Now we feel like they're just hurting us. That, like it keeps stacking because we are literally misinterpreting the same human experience. And we're assigning fault because we're viewing, let's say, the masculine from feminine lenses. Like, oh my gosh, you're being such a bad girl. Like a no girl would do that. Yeah. Um, because we literally don't understand like, Oh my gosh, that's extremely noble of him. And he's actually trying to serve you without an understanding of the, all these misinterpretations of what we do when we blame our partner, they start to stack because no one ever taught us real life tools and strategies for how to handle it right there so that it doesn't stack. So that it actually brings us closer so that it's the gift that frees us from the suffering. Cause when you do that with your partner, honestly, you do that with your folks and your siblings and the people at work and your friends. Like when you have that in your, that when you're lacking that skill set in life, you're lacking that skill set in life. Honestly, with your kids too. I promise you, your kids trigger the crap out of you because you haven't yet learned these skills and tools. And so that stacking builds resentment in people until they hit threshold and then they're like, you know what, I'm done.
0: And you know that the, uh, Insidious dynamics of this is, you know, the old phrase, what you don't know won't hurt you. Well, that's totally wrong. (laughs) What you don't know will hurt you. And sadly, what happens is the dynamics of relationship left without that knowledge, which is where we've been all this time up until now, now we know how to do this, will inevitably lead to this decay. Like it is by design, it's organic. And that's why people are like giving up on relationship. No, you're giving up because you didn't have the tools. Um, and of, rightly so. Imagine you tried to play a board game, Monopoly or whatever. You didn't know what the rules were. What are the chances you're going to win if you're just kind of <laughs> meandering around? And that's what we do. And people are like, oh, you know, relationships can't work. No, you didn't know what the rules were. You didn't know what the game, how the game was played. You didn't even see with clarity what was going on. So the sad thing is it's inevitable that there will be this deterioration because of the lack of understandings. You will build these barriers. You will have these kerfuffles. Uh, it will create distance. Like it's an inevitable thing. But once you get it, to see the beauty of it and understand and recognize that this was always about building relationships that we were never taught to do. We live in reaction otherwise to what was going on around us and being pushed around kind of like a ship on the ocean that's blowing with the wind, just kind of directionless. You know, it's just about setting the course, understanding what you're doing and going where you need to go. Um, but you can't do it without visibility. And that's all we've been lacking. It's not because there's some, you know, we're not supposed to be in relationship, all these crazy things you see on the internet these days. Um, no, we just didn't know. And it's time for people to get that understanding and awareness that we can actually build real relationships, which is a skill we've been lacking because we haven't had to. And there's, we can get into that. That's kind of a long story too. But the history of why we are in this position now is part of this. But what happened in the past is what matters most. What matters most is what we do now. Because right now, we can make a different choice. Right now, we can set a new path. Right now, all we have to do is get the understanding so we can stop repeating mistakes uh, and get the real lesson we were supposed to get and shortcut that whole thing so that we move on, which is what growth and development work is all about, right? It's like, yeah. let me just get that mindset right so that I can not needlessly suffer the way typical humanity suffers without the awareness. So
1: <laughs> I'm sure you guys have many, many examples. So I'm just curious, you know, uh, walk people through, you said you have different tools and strategies to change that perspective or to change the upset in the moment versus like building that stack of resentment and anger and frustration and all that stuff. So can you just walk us through what that would potentially look like? So people can try this at home.
0: You want to start? I'll start because it just helps set the stage, you know? So Elon, uh, you're in the middle of doing something. Just kind of play with me here. You're in the middle of doing a task, right? Um, you're, you're basically halfway through it. And then I walk up to you and I kind of push you aside a little bit. I'm like, no, Elon. And then I just take over and I start doing it. Would you be happy with me or would you be at least a tad annoyed?
1: (laughs) Oh, I'd be, I personally, me, I'd be furious.
0: So would I, (laughs) so would most men, you know, masculine core energy would, we would react because there's an implied meaning. Um, The implied meaning is, Hey man, Elon didn't have his stuff together. Let me take it over because he obviously can't do this. And somehow I'm superior. There's all these implied meanings that come with that for us men. We would never do that to another man because we know we're liable to get hit, right? Um, it's a frustrating thing for other men. However, <laughs>
2: so um, women have been trained from, from the beginning of time to always offer help if you're a good girl. And even if someone doesn't ask for help or says no, step in and help anyway, because that's what a nice girl does. And so we do that with each other as women. And unfortunately, we step in and out of the kindness of our hearts, we really have positive intentions. We either ask you if you need help, which to a man can imply you don't have any confidence that I can do this, or we just step in and take over, which is our way of showing you how much we care about you. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're feeling in your masculine map. that's like, wow, I cannot believe you don't think I can do this, right? I got this. And so even with the most positive intentions, we're causing kerfuffle because we don't understand how you're wired. And it's very difficult for a woman to stop offering help. It's literally like trying to sit on your hands, like cover your mouth. I teach all kinds of tools and strategies for women on how to literally just shut the hell up, like don't do it. Um, And one of the key things that we teach, it's such a simple tool. Any man would be like, But for a woman, it's tough is when you see your man doing something and you have an instinct, which is to say, can I help you with that? Can I do that with you? To just say, hey, babe, I know if you need help, you'll ask. I love you. And keep stepping. Like Just walk away. Don't stay. Don't linger. Because it could go south very quickly. But the opposite also causes a ton of kerfuffle because unlike the masculine, the feminine wants help all the effing time all the time. We, even if we don't need your help, but we just want you to keep us company while we do our crap because that's helping in our world. But a, a, a good man would never insult the woman he loves and respects by offering help when clearly he doesn't want to imply that she doesn't have this together, especially not now when she looks really stressed. This is not the time to imply. Yeah. That she can't <laughs> handle this, right? And so a good man doesn't offer help even though she's making sandwiches and she's got this email going and she's doing this thing and, she's, and you're like just waiting for her to have the storm blow by and she's like in her head ranting, how could you sit down on your phone, you know I'm doing all these things, why don't you offer to help, why don't you do but he's not going to offer to help, which is literally by his wiring, because he would never insult her that way. So she's making all these false meanings in her blueprint about what a bad person he is for not offering. And women have trained, been trained, never asked for help unless like the refrigerator has fallen on you. So she's not going to ask. Meanwhile, the horrible thing is men are literally wired to yeah, serve. So and us. if she would just ask for help, it would be like the greatest thing in his world to go yeah. serve.
0: You know, like how great is it? Like we love to like serve somebody and, and win and like, you know, save the day and be the hero. And we have all these opportunities and we let them pass them by because we're using the masculine filters, like putting on the wrong colored glasses and trying to pick out the color on the wall. It's, it's not going to look great. Um, and we're using our masculine filter and how we judge those situations. And then in the meantime, you know, women don't ask for help. So where she really needs it and she's not asking or she, you ask her flat out, do you need help? She's going to say, no, I don't. But she really inside means yes, I do. And you had an opportunity to like be the hero and come in and say, "Let me help you with that," and assert yourself in a way that's uh, not uh, condescending and there truly to support. And then helping her and being the real hero and getting to see the smile on her face. Like we have all these missed opportunities too because we're applying the wrong filter. Um, and everybody would win. Like if, when you do it, when you have the understanding on both sides, it's win-win. When you don't, as you see, it was lose-lose, right? And that's just pretty much what's happening. A great example of one more uh, uh, disagreement or lack of similarity in perspective that's causing so much pain. Um, Even with know, the best of intentions, of intentions on both sides, sides
1: right? Sure. She wants to help when she gets involved. Yep. So here's... I like that example a lot. Here's my question to that. So that's a very specific situation, which happens all the time. So now... In that moment, obviously, if someone were to know that about the other person, then they could operate differently in that moment. There are plenty of moments where something will happen and they don't necessarily know, okay, this is how the feminine acts, this is how the masculine acts, etc. So let's go back to how this whole thing started. So I'm standing there and I'm working on something and my wife just comes in. She's like, oh, let let me just do this. Now, I don't know any of this stuff that you just mentioned, right? But I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. And what most people do is they shut the fuck up and Mm -hmm. they swallow it and they eat it and they just get resigned and angry. So I'm curious in in all of those moments, whatever the moment is, whatever has happened, right? Like, I can't believe she didn't hold the door for me, or I can't believe she did not, whatever it is, right? Like in those moments, are there things that you share with people, like how to actually be in that moment?
2: Yeah. Well, one of the keys is first of all, keep getting that relationship education. Cause there are hundreds of things that once you learn them, boom, you've got it for life and you never do get blindsided. But at a a high level, when you find yourself in that situation and you don't yet know the specifics, uh, there's two things I can share with you. There's two sets of tools in our toolbox. We have inside the moment tools and outside the moment tools. Inside the moment tools are the tools you reach for when you're right in the middle of that kerfuffle. You don't know what to do, like you just said, but you want to at least try to navigate the moment a little bit better to have less kerfuffle, right? And what I always teach people is there's not enough inside the moment tools in the world to transform your relationship because actually relationships are transformed outside the moment. It's when that moment is no longer going on, when most people don't want to rock the boat, that you actually do need to implement a tool or a strategy so that that doesn't come up again and hit you in the face in that moment. Those things are actually solved outside the moment Inside the moment is for just trying to navigate it the best that you can. So inside the moment, one of the things you can do, there's simple tools. We teach many of them. But one of them is just remember that your partner has a completely different blueprint than you do. So even if all you do is can you can remember one quality question or one quality statement to try to interrupt your pattern is just to say, you know what? I know they only have positive intention for me. And there's probably something here that I'm missing. Just to give yourself enough space, enough pause to be able to try to maintain your state and navigate it from a place of, uh, I can always talk to them about this outside the moment, not from a place of scarcity. Like if I don't speak now, I never will. Like from a place of emotional maturity, give yourself some space by just remembering that they have positive intention. Um, And then outside the moment, and there's a tool that we teach called, um, that we created called Brick Conversations. It's literally a step-by-step fill-in-the-blanks framework. We try to make it as simple as possible for how to navigate the toughest conversations of your relationship without fighting. And it's about learning how to have one of those conversations outside the moment, which says, okay, I I realized the other day I had this trigger when you did that thing. Like it really, it meant this to me, meant this to me, meant, and I know those are all my triggers and I'm really trying to work on pulling those triggers out because I don't need you to change. I can do this. Um, But these are my triggers and this was the meanings I gave it. I know you don't have those meanings. It would really help me if I could hear a little bit about, what was your perspective in that moment? What was that for you? So that'll help me like turn my meanings on its head. And now I can start to get free from this. So just have a conversation that moves it forward. And then continue, of course, to learn the differences yourself because one person has to step forward in a relationship. You don't need to, but one of you has to get the relationship education and the tools and strategies because it only takes one person to shift it for both of you in any situation. So as long as one person's willing. To step forward, everything can change for
0: you. Yeah. I'd also add, too, for your audience, you know, just one thing if you were to, since they are here and they are going to be able to get some uh, benefit from this, if they could ask themselves with their current patterns, because everything that plays out is a dynamic, it's a predictable dynamic. And the pattern happens in a moment, right? It happens in a split second. And if they look at their reaction, they just wanted to be introspective at that moment and they just looked at their own reaction, ask themselves a question, too Is this a solution or an escape? Response or reaction? Same concept. And what you'll see in that dynamic, like you just said, like he stops it down, stops talking. That's a reaction. That's not a solution. You have to start looking at it through that lens. And is how I'm reacting and responding in this moment, making it better? Or am I just reacting?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things that you said in there that were really brilliant. We actually do something very, very similar with our clients and something that I think as a precursor is really important is to understand people are afraid to speak their truth in the moment. Um, Because when we respond to something, we have an internal belief that we're somehow screwed up for even feeling that way. And if we said that to this other person, like I just thought you were the biggest bitch in the world because you just walked over here even though that's screaming in our head and we somehow believe it to be us, then that we don't have yet that separation. And we're afraid to even say that out loud because it would feel like we would hurt the other person. And so one of the uh, things that I think it just underlies, underpins all of this is, you know, you guys kept talking about a game. I don't, there, there's like the global game of relationships, right? Which, most people don't know the rules of. Then there's the individual, like you as a couple, there are things that you require in a relationship to feel supported, to feel loved, to feel accepted, that you, that we all assume that the other person automatically knows. Then we get upset when they don't do that thing, but the other person has no idea that that's a rule in your game. So like the first things that we did was we sat down and I asked three, these are such great questions. If you want to learn about your partner, how do I make you feel loved? How do I make you feel supported? How do I make you feel accepted? And the reverse of them, when do you not feel loved by me? When do you not feel supported by me? When do you not feel accepted by me? And inside of that, you're going to start to understand that there's a lot of things that you never even thought possible that that person would want. One of my friends, asked his wife, give me like your top 10 things that would make you happy. And for a lot of women, they're like, well, why would I give him that? Then it's not spontaneous, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, here's the bottom line. What do you want? Do you want to be happy? Or do you not want to be happy? Like yes, amen. great with spontaneity, you know, like, that's
2: right.
1: so the spontaneity comes from, she doesn't know when she's receiving one of these 10 things and right. she always gets what she wants. And so it started spinning this idea in our head. It was like, We can just create that and let each other know all the time. So that I think is really important as like just understanding the rules that your partner plays by is really important. The other one of just like, look, the stuff in my head that triggers me is not me. It's just the little boy inside of me that's freaking out at whatever moment. And for me to gain awareness of it, I want to speak that into existence and I want to speak it into a space where I'm not feeling judged by that thing that I'm saying, because otherwise I'm not going to say it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so once we created that, where in the moment, like literally in the moment, as soon as I feel that rage, upset, whatever come up, I'm aware that the only thing that's creating that is my perception. So it's mm-hmm. like you said, like she comes in best of intentions, et cetera. But like inside of me is like, stop telling me what to do. Stop nagging me, dah, 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 all that stuff. I can actually say that to her now in a way where like, babe, you know, as you just said this, or as you walked in here, what I started to feel was, and my perception of it was that you were doing this. I know that that's ridiculous. And then it's not at all what you intended. Um, and then you can either say what they intended, or I love what you said, like ask, like what did you actually intend to say or do or whatever? And then the, the piece that we also added in there is like to take one action to declare something like one action as a collective, as a, as one individual, whatever that you're going to take on to continue that. Because at the end of the day, we're all a work in progress. And it's like relationships are a work in progress. We're shifting, they're shifting, throw kids into the mix. That throws a shift, job changes, you know, location changes, et cetera. Yeah. So I, I love that idea of just having I really like the inside-outside tools. I think that makes a huge difference because a lot of people in the moment, you know, we've probably done this work for a long time. So in the moment, we can actually see it. A lot of people are just like flying off the handle, banging doors and then like in the door going like, oh, what the fuck did I just do? Yeah, yeah.
2: They're 100% they're True. triggered. Yeah. yeah, I always say not a lot of magic comes from that shit zone. Like, <laughs> once you've been tripped up like that, like take the solution outside the moment when you're in a better state, Uh, because your energy comes through and you trigger defensiveness in the other person instead of awesomeness. So it's really, that's not the time.
1: I mean, it's a, it's a chemical reaction at the end of the day. And that's, I think really important for people to understand, like when you're upset, when you're in stress, when you're anything, there's so much chemicals like surging through your body. You're literally a four year old tantrumed child, regardless of your age at that moment. So I don't know if you have kids, people that are listening, like you tell me how interacting with a four-year-old tantrum child is and like all the logic that you want and all the, it, you know, nothing works. Like they need to just kind of calm down and then you can have those conversations later. Um, That's
2: one of the reasons why in step one of our system, we teach a lot of state mastery tools. Um, in fact, we teach this tool, uh, we call it the state-o-meter, right? Because if you have a high state and you have a low state. And right in the middle of that is one of the most important invisible factors in your entire life, the 50% line in your state. The minute you drop below that 50% line, like you're a That's what you're just describing. That is not the time to reach for tools and strategies that we're teaching. This is certainly not the time to talk about your relationship, the only job you have from below the 50%, one job. Get above the 50% line. Yeah. Like you have to have tools and strategies in your back pocket to get yourself out of that below the 50%, above the 50%, above the 50%, you can reach for anything like you're just sharing. You can be able to speak truth without triggering someone. You can vocalize to someone, hey, you know what? That's like my drunk monkey talk. That's not really me, but this is what I'm hearing. Help me understand that you can do a lot of stuff from above the 50%, but so many people are walking through life, and we've been conditioned, not those of us doing personal development now, but a lot of people um, have been conditioned to feel like this happened to me. You, like you said before, you made me mad. Like basically thinking the world is dropping you below the 50%. And when the world gets smart and stops being an ass, I'll be so happy. Right. But truthfully, it's about us and, Until we learn how to master our state and stay above that 50% line or get back up quickly, it's like we're letting everybody put a leash around our neck and drag us around. And that is no way to go through life, let alone love. It's really about mastering your state first.
0: And what's cool about that, too, if you think about it, you mentioned your kids. Like, that's such a simple tool to teach your kids so that in the moment, you can even start to condition them young and say, like, have them vocalize. Like, I'm below the 50% right now, so we'll do this later. And you can start being the model for them saying, I think maybe I'm below the 50% right now. So um, I'm going to go exercise, whatever it is to help yourself get above the 50% line uh, and then revisit it in a positive way. So they know, okay, they're coming back. We will talk about it. And there's no barrier here. There's no wall being built up. You're just being supportive. Um, And same thing for your kids. You can train them to say, to draw it out and say, are you, you know, is this person above or below the 50% line and, you know, help them with some examples so they can start to embrace this and recognize in themselves. Like, Oh, it's just because I was below the fifty percent that just went off the rails. So um, so
1: good, yeah. And and I, that's why I love this work. You know, it's not just about relationships with your cup. You know, your partner, whoever. It's that same tool that allows you to interact with your child, and this is the stuff that then you get to pass down to your children to be able to have this level of conversations and understanding about themselves about others, etc. I saw this amazing video that I shared with my kids that, that speaks to that. Um, they took a jar of water and then they put glitter in it and they just hold it and they show them like, you know, can you see through this? And they start to explain to them the difference between the smart brain and the reptilian brain mm-hmm. or animal brain, they call it. And, um, they say, you know, when you're, when you have your smart brain, you can, think clearly. Everything's calm. Everything's great. Then something happens. Your brother takes your toy, you know, your parents do something, blah, blah, blah. And they shake it. And it's like all the glitter of flows. And they're like, now this is what your reptilian brain looks like, right? It's much harder to see through. It's much harder to get clear thoughts, etc." But notice what happens if you just sit and be calm for a wow. few minutes. And obviously, you know, the glitter comes back and just explains to them like, as this stuff wanes, you will get back access to that brain. I showed it to my kids and now every time, like if they're having some sort of reaction, they just, they ask themselves like smart brain or animal brain, smart brain or animal brain. I'm like, I mean, I wish I had this stuff when I was I know.
2: Amen. In fact, that's literally the mission behind why we do everything that we do here is we absolutely want to help people stop the unnecessary suffering and have the love and passion that they want. And, Uh, We want to reach your kids through you because literally we have a chance to flip the switch on this disposable relationship society we're in and break the chains of the demand relationship tactics that have been handed to us. And we're going to do that by modeling this type of relationship development marriage so that your kids don't need me when they're 40. Like that is literally our opportunity. And that's why we get up every day. And do what we do. I
1: love that one. I love it. So, how can people find out more about you guys and what you're up to?
2: Uh, You can find us at relationshipdevelopment.org. We have a awesome two-hour content-packed free web training class that you can sign up for at relationshipbreakthroughsecrets.com. And if you are ready to literally catapult your relationship forward and breakthrough, we're about to do our Relationship Breakthrough Retreat three-day live immersion event. We only do this once a year. People fly in from all over the world, hundreds of people attend, um, and you can find out information about it at relationshipbreakthroughretreat.com. It's coming up.
1: Awesome. Awesome. We'll have all those links for you guys in the show notes. So please, if you're driving, don't do anything right now. You'll have them later. All right, Stacey, Paul, absolute pleasure. Thank you for doing the work that you do in the world. Uh, Thank you You to this mission. Um, I know that for me, being a father and a husband has been one of the greatest growth opportunities of my entire life. And I think for those that choose to see it that way um, it's just an absolute blessing so thank you yeah
0: absolutely thank you, thank you, really you so
1: much it. for having us. having us on yeah it's been truly a
0: pleasure
1: and for everyone else uh, we will see you next week on the next personal development without the fluff episode have an amazing week I really hope you enjoyed that awesome conversation as much as I did. And as always, thank you for your continued loyal support and your listening. A couple of things. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go to Facebook right now and request to join our amazing private group. It's called Personal Development Without the Fluff. It's a quickly growing community with some amazing souls and amazing support. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, I can promise you, you will absolutely love love that group that's where we make all of our exclusive content available as well as trainings that are just for the group accessible to you and your fellow satorians so make sure you request access to that group immediately also if you haven't done so already we've put together an incredible app you can go to satoriprime.com forward slash app and get immediate access right now to a 10-part mindset reboot training It is an eye-opening, mind-expanding experience that you do not want to miss. Well, until we meet again, have an amazing day, my friend. I look forward to personally connecting with you and seeing how Satori Prime can help you in achieving your dream life real soon. Have an amazing day.